everybody, and welcome to the very first um, White Line Fever Live for 2019. Um, you probably wonder where we've been. Uh, you know, life got in the way. We did a couple of these uh, towards the end or after the Super League Grand Final last year, uh, well received, and then we everyone got scattered to the four wins. I went off and did World Cup stuff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I am here to uh, um, solemnly pledge that if I've got nothing else on on a Wednesday night this year, the White Line Fever Live will be a regular on your computers. And um, the thing I hate about this program is that um, aside from hosting it, uh, I sort of have to direct it. And it means that I'll always be wearing glasses on this program, which is uh, uh, kind of embarrassing um, because I have to look at my computer screen and, and bring the guests in and all that sort of stuff. Um, we're going to be really quick tonight. Um, I thought the one that went for hours and hours got a bit tedious last year, so we'll just keep it to 30 minutes or less, and we're going to be talking about the new Super League promo, uh, which dropped, as they say in the business, um, at 10 a.m. on New Year's Day, uh, and it was uh, Robert Elston, the new CEO, uh, introducing the rule changes, which had already been foreshadowed, and uh, and also um, introducing a few of the new signings, uh, Blake Austin, um, was uh, one of the people uh, who was um, you know featured, and uh, these two fellows have seen it, if only five minutes ago, uh, and asked, and it's Phil Wilkinson from uh, from uh, the Wigan Observer. Hello, Phil. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Thank you. And from every other publication in the world, John Davidson. Hello, John. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, 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 good. Um, now, thanks for joining us, guys, and um, obviously. This is payback for any time you've ever asked me to do anything like this. So thank you very much. So um, I want to um, 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 get your impressions. Are you uh, guys? Are you excited by what you saw yesterday morning? What, is it better than you anticipated? Did it fall short of what you anticipated? I'll start uh, with uh, you, John. What do what, you think? Um, I'm hoping there's a little bit more when it comes to a promo to start the season. I think it was satisfactory um but if not a little low key um obviously we've still got what 29 days till the start of super league so hopefully we we get a bit more buzz before the, the season starts but um yeah okay start i guess yeah um obviously phil there's been a big split in the game in in britain and uh, a split in uh, resources um and um the super league the new organization have poached staff from uh, from the RFL and they it's kind of just rumours as to who's who's stayed at the RFL and who's gone to Super League. The, the, the communication with the public hasn't been top notch, has it? So um, is this a start? Do you think to a more open kind of administration, or what do you think? I don't think it's all in place yet. So once it's all in place, we'll probably have a, a, a you know us as journalists will have a clear idea of who, who we're dealing with and and who's responsible for, for which different roles. In terms of that promo, mate, that, that was the first time I saw it half an hour ago when you said maybe you should watch it so we can discuss this. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's the problem about doing it on New Year's Day when people are still off work. And it, it, it's, look, it's solid enough. It's a nice enough way to introduce the rule changes. But Robert Elston said from day one he wanted this to be more about the stars than the chief executives. And, and when, he, when he came on the screen at first, I thought, well, what happened to that message? But, straight, you know, as you mentioned, they've got Blake Austin in there, a couple of the other players in there. There's footage from the, uh, the Sydney Roosters in there, you know, that, uh, and stuff like that. So a solid start, as John said. I, let, let's just see how this builds up now because we've got, ridiculously, we've got, what, four weeks 
four weeks and a day until the new season. Let's just see how this builds and builds. Let's see, let's hope they're having the conversations with Sky Sports, that Sky Sports are going to be running these promotions or running their own trailers, building up into that that that, that first game around one week in St. Helens. Yeah, um, it, it does kind of, um, I guess the problem is that, it, it, um, you know, with the administration only being bettered down now and probably still uh, a few positions still open, that it, it seems a bit of a last-minute Scramble guys, doesn't it? It seems um, that um, you know they're they're rushing to um, sort of yeah. <clears throat> Give them time, though, Steve. I mean, I think you made a point the other day that a lot of the people who did such a good job on the England uh, with the England team during that international series against the Kiwis, and even before that, I think a few of the video guys have gone across. If they can do that, what we did with England uh, at this level with Super League, and also a lot of that media stuff, where I mean, I thought the media was really good with the England series. It got them on a lot of mainstream shows, a lot of mainstream media. If they can replicate that for the build up to the start of Super League, then it's well, it's more encouraging to get than uh, was it last year? They had the Brownlee brothers, which didn't quite work, and I think they were trying to replicate the one from a couple of years ago when they had Sir Bradley Wiggins, which probably was a bit of a, a bit of a better promo. But um, let's just see how it goes. Let's just see how it goes this, these next few weeks. Yeah, um, John, um, are you, um, I mean, from what we understand, there'll be separate launches um, for Super League and also for the RFL. Um, what, are, you, are you optimistic that, um, that this new division of resources will, will it'll be a gamble that, that, that pays off or, or not? Uh, I am optimistic. I think something had to be done. I think uh, the game, and you look at numerous factors, whether it be sort of attendances or, you know, fan apathy um, and probably ratings as well. The game definitely needed some change. And I think there's at least last year there was that admission that, okay, we have to try and do some things and differently and, you know, maybe change the way we operate to, to improve things. So that that's happening, whether it works or not remains to be seen. I think um, Robert Elston's made quite a few changes in a, in a short amount of time. Obviously, I've noticed the um, a lot of angst over Golden Point and um, the the you know the talk about two referees for the 2020, but it does seem to be I'm got a little bit disheartened that they just seem to be the same sort of complaints and moaning before any of these things have actually worked or you know even been seen. And I think you know different people obviously have different opinions, but on the whole, they've been positive in the NRL those changes. And I know you you wrote a column about whether it should be you know, NRL Europe or NRL British Rugby League Commission. And I think there's definitely things that they can take from the NRL. I don't think they should be wholesale. And it, it's, it does seem to be there's a lot of people in the UK who are just anti-NRL anyway, regardless. So um, I I really hope this change is, is one for the better. Um, and I think there's been some some positive moves so far. But, you know, we, we, we do have to give it time. Um, yeah, there's still a lot to be done. Whether you like the real change. Whether you like the real changes or not, yeah. though, I do like the idea that we're playing the same to the same rules that the NRL yeah. are. I just yeah. it baffles me with things like the substitutions and 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 other areas of the game that we don't, you know, it really annoys me. It's a month and a half, maybe a little bit less, till to, to the World Club Challenge, and you'll be covering that because Wigan are in it playing the Sydney Roosters. Where do we sit with the World Club Challenge as a concept at the moment? Is it? Is it in any way tired? Is it um, are, they, are they going to sell out? Um, um, you know the the, the DW, um, and you know do we have a, a good enough sort of build up. Uh, you know um, at this point, a good enough or a big enough focus on, on the match. Um, 
I like the fact that when the details of this was confirmed, Wigan said straight away, listen, we want to sell out at the DW Stadium. They set the stall out very early on and said, anything less than that will be a disappointment for us. So they've put it out, they're not making any secret of the fact that they want just shy of 25,000, I think it is with a big screen up. Um, I've not yet heard a figure on what the ticket sales are, how they're going, things like that. But I'm sure in the next few weeks as it builds up, Wigan, I mean, you'll get an acid test, I suppose, is how they go against St. Helens round one. I think it's Leeds round two. That'll give them a big test on, on where they are to face the Roosters a week after. But you'd have to say, obviously, we're going to have the advantage in terms of a preparation because, of course, they're playing two big sides in the build-up to that, whereas the Roosters are coming over a few days before. They'll be cold, but obviously they've got the uh, the superstar players. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we, um, talk, uh, just before we go, guys, a, a few other things. Everyone's talking about the imports. There's some... And, you know, really good players. We mentioned Blake Austin, Trent Merrin, Kevin Naguama. Um, so, this, obviously, the spin um, is that um, it's a new era because quality players are coming back to the UK again. Um, is that spin or is it actually the truth? Is, is Are these players the sort of players who, who are going to put uh, bums on seats or are they... Or are they guys who are maybe at the back back end of their careers? Uh, and I guess from the two of you, you know, which which of the um, imports you know excite you the most? It's it's a bit of both because I, I noticed in the video, I think they put Matt Frawley's name in there, and I think he's played twenty NRL games, and you know probably couldn't really get a gig in another NRL club. So it's there's a bit of there's a bit of uh, spin a part of it. I think there is general excitement because there are several very good players, and I mean Trent Merrin, I think is twenty nine and. Um, you know, won a comp and played for Australia and played for New South Wales. So there is a bit of spin there. They're not the the cream elite of the of the competition there, but you're not realistically going to get that. But in saying that, there are some exciting players like, um, yeah, I think I think Nagama is a very talented player. Akila Uate, another one who you know probably was on the end on the NRL, but you know in his days is amazing to watch. So. There is, there does seem to be a, a trend between actually filling marquees as opposed to what we've had the marquee rule for a couple of years and basically nothing happened. So at least clubs are actually uh, yeah. trying to bring a marquee. So they, they should be commended for that, definitely. Uh, the big change as well with that was Leeds, isn't it? Leeds in the past have said, I think yeah. they actually opposed the marquee rule when they voted for it, which was, I mean, brought in ultimately to try and get Sam Tompkins back to Super League, which obviously succeeded. We're going to have used it since to keep George Williams from the NRL's clutches. And it's good to see, I think Warrington were the next one who used it, St. Helens too, in the last last couple of years. Warrington using it again with, a for me, a marquee player in Blake Austin. I am really excited about uh, seeing what he can bring to Super League. And of course, Leeds, who, who, who I've just mentioned, they were opposed it. They've gone about to, and they've got two marquee players in this time. Mm-hmm. I think they're mm-hmm. using it twice. So, I mean, it's good to see that they're using it. And I, I hope more clubs who can afford it uh, will use it. Mark uh, Illingsworth, uh, as we all know from Super League Pod, he says, I know people travelling from London and even Yorkshire to the World Club <laughs> Challenge. Uh, not all Wigan fans. The whole game should back it. It's positive mm. uh, that the promo includes it. 100%. I mean, it's better to play the World Club Challenge than not play the World Club Challenge. But I guess we're just saying that. It, and, and and I, over the years, have always whinged about the Aussies being reluctant to, to take part in it. So, Congratulations to the Roosters for uh, getting on the plane and coming over. Uh, last year, um, you know, Melbourne uh, didn't want to do that. Um, I think it, yeah, there's nothing wrong with suggesting, though, that things might need to freshen up in some regard, whether it's playing at a neutral venue or playing at a big soccer stadium. Um, and also, um, you know, we, we don't seem to have 
these big events, we don't seem to have a big promotional uh, push behind it. Same goes for Challenge Cup final. Mm. We wait till a couple yeah. of weeks before, and then we and then, and then we go crazy. But that's a lack of resources, and I guess the resources have been split again. So, um, you know, there's no there's no uh, easy answer to that. One thing, two more things I think are of interest. Um, London are back in in Super League. Uh, you guys probably been watching their recruitment uh, much more closely than I. Uh, will they be competitive? Uh, what are they? Are they a good chance of staying up? No. Mate, just uh, just <laughs> go on, John. I'll let you you start on this, job. <laughs> no, no, I, I um I think uh, recruitment wise, yeah, they they I mean, it's one of the they'd probably be the lowest spender in Super League uh, in 2019, maybe if not for Wakefield. Um, from what I understand, and you, and you look at the, they're, they're doing really good things in, in the youth in the academy and bringing players through. And there was two players, I think two, one who went to Hull and one who's at Warrington now, who they already sold before they got up. So they are breading players for Super League, but that squad, I just can't see anything but but relegation. I hope I'm wrong, but it could be a, a season like I think it was, was it 2014 when they went down. I think they won one game. I think they'll win more than one game, but I don't think they've got enough, uh, particularly depth across their squad, to, to stay up. Yeah, it's hard to uh, it's hard to disagree with that. Although I am more than happy to be proved wrong on this one. Well, they've been a long season as well and starting early too. I think the one thing London do have, which is better, shamefully better than some of the other Super League clubs, is they have more depth. And when with it being a twenty nine round Super League season, which we I think we all agree is starting too early, it's probably padded out too much. When those injuries and suspensions start biting into these squads, like Salford, for example, I mean, I think Salford have got a good top team, have got a good coach. That would be London's best chances if somebody like that, or um, you know, uh, maybe maybe not a whole KR this time around. But but if 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 injuries start biting into those squads and they're struggling, that would be London's best chance of sneaking second bottom spot. I hope I'm completely wrong. I hope we're up there in the, the top half of the table. I just can't see it. Sorry, mate, just, you just reminded me about one thing on the World Club Challenge, what you said before we talked about London. Uh, I spoke to Chris Wodlinski before Christmas at Wigan. He said that the Roosters wanted to meet in the middle this year, this mm-hmm. time around. Um, and it was only because we said, that they both agreed that it was just too short notice. He said it just couldn't, logistically as well as the promotion of it, he said if you're going to do something neutral like that, for the first one especially, it needs to be done properly, it needs to be done right. Um, he said those conversations need to be taking place now for next year's World Club Challenge. Look, we've heard similar things like that before, though. So it's just let's just see whether that whether that absolutely materialises, whether anything actually gets done. I think it was you know Super League aside, you know we're still waiting for the dates and the, the games for this uh, this Ashi- the, uh, the the Lions score, aren't we? So uh, yeah, the, you know the World Club Challenge first. problem is that it, it's. Uh, it's, it's for the clubs to organise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, the clubs exactly, and there's no one working on it for the for mm. the twelve months. So, um, you know, it's just it's just the clubs until we know who's in it. No work at all is done, you know, and it's no. just it needs it needs someone working on it, you know, all, all year round, and um, um, and that's that's a real problem. I'm sorry. Before we move on to the next subject, you, um, John, John, I was just going to say, yeah, just on the World Club Challenge, I think it doesn't get the sort of status or push that it should, and you look at it. Next year, I mean, I think there's Super League games on the same weekend or the same day as that, as as on the Sunday, and also it's a seven o'clock kickoff, which I'm not exactly sure why that is. Phil might know whether it's due to TV or, you know, Sky wanted it later, but it just seems sort of madness that that timing and there's there's Super League games on the same day when surely it should be, a, if not a standalone weekend, a standalone day at least. 
So you've got other fans from other clubs, you know, who might want to see Cooper Cronk or the uh, Troll Mitchell, whoever, um, you know, play. You know, whether they be Saints fans or Witness mm. fans or whoever. So I think it needs a, a proper, proper respect and status that it should have. Yeah, someone should have the job of of working on it all year all year round. I've I've got a bit of time on my hands. I'll do it if anyone. <laughs> um, the um, there's something else I want to talk about is the return of Sundays. The return of Sundays. So um, Sundays been um, quite neglected, um, you know, in, in Super League you know, over the years because Sky don't want to televise games on Sundays pretty much, but Salford are um, committed to um, um, you know playing the majority of their home games on Sunday. Um, they're also uh, trying to sort of spice things up a little bit with the fan zone and stuff like that. Um, it probably could do with a little bit of uh, branding uh, Sunday, but, uh, you know, it, it seems to be forgotten because Sky don't like it. And um, mm. is, is the return of Sunday is a, a good thing? Is it, is it really insignificant or, or is it something that the game could maybe capitalise on? Or what, what either of you think? Well, John and I both have kids, and I think he'll agree these Thursday night games especially are awful for kids. I mean, yeah. we have seasons, and my wife and kids have season tickets. I don't think they went to a Thursday game last year because it's just, it's a knock-on effect of what time I get up in the morning. And, of course, it's on TV, so there's no need to. You can watch it on on, on TV. Um, so I'm glad from that point of view that they beat, there's more Sunday games. I know Wigan did have some, a few clubs did have them last year. Uh, but I take your point, there seems to be more of an emphasis on it this season. I think it's better for families. It's also better earlier in the year as well. Let's not kid each, each other just because it's it's summer rugby league. We're kicking off in January. It's going to be perishing when we can play St. Helens, uh, you know, at the end of this month. So especially in, earlier in the season, the more Sunday afternoon games that you can get, the more chance I think you're going to get um, fans along. And I'm, I know a lot of the bigger clubs especially do a lot of good things like, um, you know, fan zones, fans village, gym bars, things like that. Anything like that should be encouraged. Anything that, like that just to get more fans through the gates. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. I think um, Sundays are sort of associated with the family day and rugby league's been going down that family angle for years and the weather plays a big part in it, particularly in winter. And uh, I know lots of clubs, apart from Salford Hulk, I think they only had one or two Sundays last season. They were very angry about that and the madness of the fixture list where we had how many Fridays where there was five games on at the same time. So you're just killing your TV mm. audience as well. So um, yeah. yeah, I think I think Sundays are great, and yeah, maybe a separate promotion for for Sundays in particular. But yeah, the more Sunday goes, the better from my point of view. We're talking about um, splitting resources, and we started off by talking about the new Super League uh, administration sort of putting th- their best foot forward, as it were, uh, with a New Year's Day uh, promo. The parlous financial state of uh, the other half of the game, the RFL, was really well illustrated when they basically kicked Toronto and, by inference, um, also Toulouse out of the Challenge Cup because they wouldn't guarantee to compensate them if they made the final and the crowd was down. Um, so where does... We've, now, we've, also, <laughs> we've also got the 1895 uh, Cup which has been a curtain raiser, uh, which is intended to boost the crowd by bringing more Heartland fans uh, down um, to, to London on the day. Um, where is the Challenge Cup now? Is it at the end of its tether in its current form or is it just one sort of Wigan Leeds or, uh, or you know, Leeds Bradford maybe? <laughs> or, you know, is it just one sort of uh, um, traditional final away from, away from having a, a resurgence? 
Either of you for that, Phil? Oh, mate. Is it this year that the, that the final's in July? No, I think it's been next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's only next year, isn't it? It's, yeah, not yeah, yeah. 20, it's not from 2020, it's just 2020, isn't it? And then we're going to have those, uh, those conversations. Uh, look, what, what we did with Toronto and um, Toulouse for me was just shameful. If you're going to invite them into the competition, you can't start doing things like that. And, and flip that on its head, the Leeds and, and clubs like that get a reward that they get a, a bigger crowds down there. It's just a stupid, stupid argument. In fact, the fact that Catalan got there this season just... For me, it reinvigorated it. Sure, there was a, a lot of empty seats at Wembley, but it was great to see another club win it. It generated loads of interest, a lot of headlines. Certainly watching it on TV, it was very colourful and, and, and it got a lot of people talking. Um, I want to see... Let's see what happens with it next year when it's in that July slot, because a lot of people are saying that the uh, one of the big reasons is that it's in that August bank holiday slot. It's the worst weekend for TV and for, for fans. Let's just see next year how, how it goes and if it goes any better because that might answer a lot of people are just presuming it's because it's been moved from May to August, but it's but that's the reason. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see that, but certainly I love the Challenge Cup, I, I really, really love the Challenge Cup. And, um, yeah, what 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 happened with uh, with Toronto were to lose a um, didn't sit comfortably with me, I just thought it was really, really small time, of course. Uh, Red Star Belgrade are in uh, this year. And uh, and January 27, they're playing up at Millam in Cumbria. So um, that's they weren't asked to. Uh, I mean, what happens if they make the final? <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, John, what are, what are your thoughts? No, I, I I guess not growing up with the Challenge Cup, it's been um, I don't know as much about the history and prestige, but I, I, I love the final. Uh, but I do sort of think that there is I – I wouldn't say it's coming to the, the end of its shelf life, but it does seem to be a bit of fixture overkill. And you see the same sort of people milked to go to the final as you do with internationals, a lot of the other big games, Magic Weekend. And I think there's – because that, that overall base is shrinking, there's going to be less people going to the final. So um, I think it needs a facelift. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that is. But, yeah, um, I wouldn't say – I wouldn't say scrap it, but um, – because you know, I think I think a day out in Wembley is also just a fa- fantastic occasion, but it definitely needs some some tender love and care. I'm surprised as well with the with the Super League structure changing back, with the Super Eights being scrapped. I'm surprised too that they've they've kept that thing where the top eight teams enter the round later, and I, and it is just a congestion with the fixtures. I know this, but it just devalues it as well that if if a club like Leeds or, or Warrington or Wigan, oh no, not Leeds, if Wigan or Warrington they win. You know, win a game, you're in the quarter final, then the semi. It's just, you know, it. They needed that extra game for me, just to give it a little bit more value as well. I'm glad they've got that 1895 cup. I hope that's a huge success. Um, but but it just goes back to fixture congestion, doesn't it? You know, we've not got, you know, we've got 29 rounds of a of the season with a five five team playoffs on the end of that one. It's just word of it. It just seems like there's just too much to pack in. The, um, the the Yorkshire Cup is also back as a pre-season competition. Um, obviously, no Super League teams involved in that, fellas. But the teams excluded were the teams who voted with Super League uh, when they had the uh, that they they've been excluded from the uh, from the Yorkshire Cup. The teams that voted with Super League when they had that meeting back in uh, November. So, um, yeah, um, obviously a bit of uh, vengefulness there on the part of the Yorkshire lower division clubs who are, who have um, rebooted. Um, Yorkshire Cup. We're just about done, guys, I guess. But um, they need um, to change that from the non-South Yorkshire Cup. 
because there's no Sheffield, no Doncaster. <laughs> they don't exist in Yorkshire anymore. Been excommunicated. <laughs> so we're, we're almost done, guys. But I guess um, one of the big concerns, you know, or, or, or at least um, talking points also is this Great Britain tour, uh, whether it's uh, going to happen or not. Mark Illingsworth saying he's looking forward to the final being in July next year. It'd be very nice weather anyway. Um, so I guess uh, will, you know, um, this year finish with the Lions tour as announced or will the RFL, again, if the RFL are so poor that they need uh, compensation uh, from clubs for making the final, then can they afford uh, to mount a tour of the um, South Seas that doesn't involve um, Australia? Well, you know, there's obviously been enormous delays in, in announcing that. So... Um, when we're sitting here in 12 months' time, will, be, will we be looking back on a Great Britain, successful Great Britain tour, or will it be a, another calamity, something that uh, was cancelled at the, at the last minute? Yeah, listen, this is not new for Rugby League or for the RFL, is it? I mean, and, and to be fair to them, they'll probably turn around and say it takes two to dance. You know, they're, they're, having, they're trying to get these things uh, nailed down and maybe people on the other side aren't as forthcoming to, to get it sorted. Uh, the, the Denver test was arranged with weeks to go, wasn't it? You know, I mean, and we've had plenty of examples of this in the past. So I'm, uh, from what I've told, I'm, I'm no reason to know why it wouldn't go ahead. Um, and the fact that Australia aren't involved, yes, it's sad. But again, we needed the Aussies to, to come on board. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited about it. Sorry, my kids are coming in. Um, <laughs> and uh, in the last couple of weeks, I spoke to both Ben Flower. He really wants to be on that tour. He's, he, obviously, goes about saying, but, it's interesting that because you asked somebody like Ben Flower, who's a Welshman, and I'm sure Regan Grace at St. Helens would be the same. I'm wondering whether this prospect of GB at the end of the year just gives those two players and others just that little bit more impetus going into the start of this new season to impress. Sean O'Loughlin, he, he has eyes on that GB tour as well. He does, he's not hanging up his boots internationally. If he's picked, he wants to be on that tour. So uh, just a revival of GB seems to have excited uh, uh, the players a lot more than if it was an England tour at the end of the year. And luckily, uh, Wales have already qualified for the World Cup, but some of the other players, uh, Scots and Irish players, um, it'll be very interesting if they're torn in two or maybe even in three with Nines World Cup on around the same time, uh, who they decide to play for. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. We've, our half hour is up. I want to thank you both for giving us your time. I want to thank uh, the people who at very short notice tuned in. Uh, let's hope a lot of people watch on uh, YouTube and uh, subscribe on iTunes. Just type in White Line Fever. Of course, uh, we are sponsored by Mascot Browns, who have plenty of great Wigan gear <laughs> you can buy before the World Club Challenge. And uh, um, I don't know if you guys um, – I'll, I'll also say that uh, my book is now a year and a half old and it just – it just gets better with every reading. So if you haven't read it, make sure you get it on Amazon or from a Scratching Shed or, or get it on Kindle. Uh, do you want to do you want to plug anything, uh, John? No, <laughs> just uh, the, the expert. It's better with every reading. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> and uh, well, it want to get better from the first reading. And what about you? Uh, what about you, Phil? I'm not plugging that book, mate. I went to about four <laughs> gigs with you that year, and not one of them made that list. So uh, so no, I'm I boycotted it. <laughs> That's because I don't remember any of those evenings. Okay. Um, I'll, uh, I'll see, see Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe. White Line Fever on iTunes. Uh, like uh, League Hubcom and WLF Podcast on uh, Twitter and Facebook. That's uh, the tag for both of them. And uh, don't forget to visit Mascot Browns next time you're going to buy some presents for somebody. And we'll see you uh, maybe next week. I'll be somewhere doing something. Um, um, anyway, enjoy what's left of the off-season, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next time. 
Bye.